Hello everybody. Star Performance Consulting present episode 3 of his podcast. I'm very excited to have a very special guest and a close friend of mine who is a serial entrepreneur. He has made seamless transition between corporate world and entrepreneurship multiple times. He is one such individual who perhaps can be called as industry veteran in wealth tech and financial services and have personally found his advice on the investment second to none. He has created and exited multiple companies by creating value to the shareholders. Currently, he has founded Gold Taylor, which is quite ahead of his time in concept in wealth tech space, and he's doing wonders in that space. So please join me in welcoming Vivek Banka, who has had a very illustrious career, and I'm really looking forward to learning from him. Vivek, a very warm welcome to you, and thank you so much for your time. It's truly an honor to have you on this podcast. Thank you, Deepak. So let's get started, Vivek. Uh, for the sake of our audience, tell us a bit about your corporate and entrepreneurship journey. Yeah, thanks for that. So... You know, it's been approximately two decades of work right now behind me. I traveled to Bangalore in 2003, post which I started my own wealth management firm called uh, Bullseye Investments, which I ran for approximately two odd years. And uh, 2005, then I moved out from there into a French bank called PNP Paribas to head the Karnataka practice for private banking. I worked there for five years until mm -hmm. 2010. Post which I moved to an Indian firm called IFL Wealth, which was setting up shop. Mm -hmm. IFL Wealth is the only listed, no, not the only listed amongst the first listed wealth uh, company in India. I set up their Bangalore practice and was there for around six odd years, part of the initial founding team. 2016, I moved out and started my own uh, wealth tech venture called Altior Capital, which I ran for approximately two, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was acquired by IFL Wealth uh, in 2018 and, mm -hmm. and yeah, post-serving an acquisition transition period of approximately one and a half to two years, I moved out and uh, then started Gold Teller. Gold Teller has been around for a year and a half and uh, we are at the cusp of launch over the next month or month and a half. Yeah, so that's a broad helicopter view of what I've done. Fantastic. So you have made very seamless transition between corporate world and entrepreneurship multiple times. And vice versa. And vice versa, exactly. Right. So what has been the most fascinating and challenging assignment in your career? Tell us a few learnings which you got out of such a... I think the most challenging is Gold Teller because I think uh, what we are trying to achieve with Gold Teller is something which I think has not been achieved yet so far by anyone else. Mm -hmm. And uh, which is also one of the reasons why the launch has taken you know so long since the time we actually started work on this and the challenging part is essentially eradicating 80 percent of the human in an investment advisory journey mm -hmm. or a financial planning journey mm -hmm. and whenever you try to eradicate or reduce the dependence on humans the kind of technology uh, and the kind of maybe machine learning that you got to imbibe in the system is extremely comprehensive so I think this is the most challenging assignment and the learning is, I think uh, the learning continues, but uh, the learning so far is that, uh, you know, one should not get impatient when someone is trying to do something extremely, uh, extremely optimistic. Yeah. yeah. And I think you said comprehensive. I think it's not only comprehensive, it's complicated as well, given that you're trying to remove the human intervention. Right. I mean, personally speaking, I mean, when I am looking at investment, I would rather have an individual advising me on 
uh, certain things. So for so it requires a lot of let's say mind shift change for an individual as well who's trying to invest with your company. Yeah. Well, the complication is at the end of the technology, but that's that's where our biggest challenge is right now. That mm -hmm. uh, how to simplify the thing which is complicated at the back end. So for a user, it should be very simplistic, and that's what is the most challenging part. Yeah, of course. I mean, if the user interface has to be easy, the no, not this. Yeah, interface plus everything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even the experience, the entire experience. So the backend has to be complicated to get there. Now, private equity and wealth management has evolved significantly over the last two decades. What are the most significant changes you have come across, given that you have been in this industry for the last two decades? I think very, very drastic changes are happening in both of these areas. And I think for its own good. However, I feel there will be a lot of accidents in the journey, especially on the private equity side over the last four or five years. There has been a big euphoria around this entire space. So a lot of investors without the know-how of private equity or angel investments are getting into the space yeah. without fully understanding the risks, the yeah. returns yeah. and everything yeah. on that. We've not had a very long period of recession over the last, I think, almost a decade right yeah. now. Any recession that has come, whether it's the COVID or a couple of months back, has not lasted for more than... Mm. one or two quarters at max yeah and investors are yet to see a long drawn recession i think uh, yeah. when that happens you will see a lot of learnings that will happen and the industry shall should evolve more mm -hmm. but the good thing is that people are opening up to that asset class and in india people you know, private equity or startup are not a taboo anymore yeah so you know more and more people are wanting to join in startups mm -hmm. you know even taking salary cuts yeah uh, esops of startups are getting more uh, valued right now by even uh, employees yeah families of employees are very open to their kids joining a startup unlike a decade earlier forget decade of five years back so i think over the next five years i think uh, both private and equity and wealth management will change in two ways one is it will get a little more organized mm -hmm. i think you will have more people into that bandwagon of investments. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I think tech, especially on the wealth management side, will play a big part, which we are seeing, but uh, we are just seeing the tip of the iceberg right now. And there are a lot of regulatory changes that are happening, mm -hmm. which uh, we are not aware of. But since we are close to the industry, we know that, that a lot of regulatory changes are happening, which will accelerate this whole tech process. Yeah. Something like, uh, I think just yesterday there was this news article about account aggregator where mm -hmm. SBI is not is now gone live. They are talking about that as being the next the next UPI. Mm -hmm. I think those are the things which will accelerate tech adoption of sure. uh, wealth management and even you know financial investments in general. Sure. Interesting. You made this point about a lot of people now joining startups and open to it. In fact, I was having a conversation with somebody and he made a very interesting point that. Let's say five to seven years back, even perhaps lesser than that, joining a startup meant taking a risk. Now people don't consider that as a risk. They consider this as an opportunity as compared to the risk. So there's a very big mindset change which has happened yeah. in terms of how they perceive and how they look at a startup. So yeah, because in my third startup, so I have seen in 2003 the perception in people's mind. Then I've seen it in uh, 2016. In fact, 2016 when I started Altior, also people were very apprehensive. Uh -huh. But at Bold Teller, I think uh, we have found people to be very, very open to joining the startup. Got it. 
Now, I wanted to ask you about the latest trends, but I think you already spoke about it, yeah. which is basically the tech, tech part. And the tech and regulatory changes. I think these are the two big massive changes that are happening. And of course, the information dissemination also, because of which people are more open to adopting you know, new technologies, etc. Sure. I think you briefly mentioned markets have definitely taken a beating in the last six months or so, right? I mean, last couple of quarters has been really bad for the market. Have you seen this kind of a market sentiments impacting investors' outlook? What's the mood with investors right now? What would be your advice to them? I think just a month and a half back, we at Goldteller had released a note that on six reasons why we are bullish on the markets. Mm -hmm. And since then, the markets have gone up by 8 to 10%. Uh -huh. And we continue to be positive on the markets. And we don't feel crash, which is, you know, short and shallow will impact any investor sentiment. Mm -hmm. So in my experience, investor sentiment gets only impacted if the fall is long drawn and not deep. So even in COVID, you see markets have fallen 40, 45%. Yeah. But there was not a big impact on investor sentiment because the markets came back with a bang. There are periods in the past, like 2008 to 14, where equities were flat for five, mm -hmm. six years at a stretch. And that is where the market sentiments get impacted. Mm -hmm. you know, more than six, 12 months where if equities give negative returns, that's when retail investors start moving away. Of course, there are a lot of structural things that have happened in the industry, like mm -hmm. the SIP book, which is uh, swelled up to 39,000 crores every month into equity assets. I think those have uh, become, I think, fairly irreversible, if I might say. I think not completely irreversible, but if markets fall, I guess from 13,000, it might become eight, 9,000. But I think a large chunk will still continue to go in. And in fact, a big demonstration was the last six months when FIs have been pulling money left, right and center from the Indian markets. But markets were resilient just because of the domestic okay. investors where they lapped up almost all the selling of the oh really of the foreign investors yeah in fact that's right when i look at the indian market it hasn't dropped as much as let's say us or europe market has dropped right i mean comparatively yes 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 a lot of reasons for that i think one is the retail investor second is the indian investor i think especially the retail investor in this cycle has become a little more smart in terms of investing in quality companies. Any stocks, etc. has not been as badly swarmed by retail investors as in earlier cycles. So people are more sticking to quality, etc. So I think that's those are good signs for sure. Indian equity markets. We did not have, I think, though we had a lot of folios on the crypto side, but we did not have large amounts being uh, invested by people. Sure. So those are the things that has helped significantly. Now, one of the things which I keep on hearing and maybe this may be an opinion of people that during COVID when the market dropped, people had a lot of money and that's why the market started again ramping up. Whereas now when the market is going down, people are saying that there's not enough fund for the market to kind of again go back to the same level as it was, let's say a year back or so. What's your opinion on that kind of a statement? No, I don't think there is not enough money. I think that's, uh, uh, yes, post-COVID, what happened is because of the work-from-home culture and the fact that, you know, spending was limited because people were confined to their homes. Mm -hmm. There was more money and more than money, there was more time for investors to trade. Mm -hmm. And I think it is not the money, it is the time which actually accelerated this entire retail uh, participation, which is reducing a bit, but... I think the demographic dividend that India has right now, plus the fact that there are a lot of technology advancements in investing that has happened, you know, 
four years back you could not open an equity account or a bank account online today you can do all of that you can open a fixed deposit account online so those things are irreversible changes so i don't think the flow of money can get ebbed a bit but i don't think it will reverse until and unless there is a 12 15 month you know recessionary phase and that also i think could be just temporary blip uh, secondly i think fi's have started coming back into the markets last uh, two odd weeks and i think indian equities look poised for a reasonable period of a good period for the next 6 12 months it is my personal uh, opinion all right so that means you gave me some ideas of investing in indian market now thank you for that now i'm going to change the topic a bit and talk about more of mindset thing so you have basically made as i mentioned earlier as well from corporate world to entrepreneurship multiple times tell us about the mindset change you had to bring in yourself to make that kind of a switch i personally don't think actually a person who does their corporate life very well typically nowadays most corporate jobs also require a lot of entrepreneurship yeah inside them yeah. you know until you until and unless you got a role which is extremely mundane yeah. etc but most corporate roles they require you to behave like a business owner yeah uh, and i was always on the sales side so it was not so much of a change in terms of uh, the mindset mm-hmm. of course multitasking and handling diverse set of responsibilities is the biggest and the most challenging thing that yeah. as a business owner you got to Yeah. Take care of because at one minute you're handling operations, at the second minute you could be an office boy, yeah. the third minute uh, you could be a sales guy, a marketing guy. We were all put into one. Yeah. And more than that, I think one important thing is to handle people. I think people management in a startup is very critical because at startups it is very difficult for you to match salaries of what of course a larger corporate gives you, yeah. and which is why employee satisfaction and uh, the fact that the employee matches or the team member matches your vision of the company and he's also participating in the in any upside of the company is very yeah. critical yeah. so at gold teller we what every single person who's yeah. uh, working here as an equity shareholder of gold teller oh that's nice yeah so uh, that is something which i think as i said i have not had a mindset change but uh, two big things is uh, one is of course as i said uh, the diversity of different things that you got mm. to do second is i think people who are not anxious should not do their own business because i've yeah. seen uh, a little bit of anxiety is very helpful yeah. while doing your own business absolutely yeah. i think broadly that's it yeah in fact i think about it many of the startups when they go for hiring and when they are looking at corporate people one of the thing they said oh this person doesn't have startup experience so let's not hire that person in my mind i mean the point which you also made is not a question about knowing the startup or you know, as a business owner it's a question of if you have the ownership mindset even in the corporate job which you had you would be able to basically use that experience even in the startup world yeah. it's a question of how you gel with the people and how you basically yeah absolutely yeah, right I, and have that ownership mindset to grow the business that yeah. you are going to grow along with the business moving on So now you mentioned Goldtail a couple of times. Uh, wanted to share some information or big plans what you have for the company. Of course, don't share anything confidential. No, there is nothing confidential. I personally believe that these things uh, there is nothing to hide. A lot of entrepreneurs try to hide their business ideas. I don't think it can be done because there are a lot of smart people globally, and ninety nine point nine nine percent, if you have thought of an idea, most likely someone else has thought about it. It's just that 
the execution is where the difference lies it's not in exactly. the idea as much uh, i think initiative and execution right and yeah. as initiative and more than execution i think it is the courage yeah i think absolutely agree yeah. so in terms of at goldtener our plans are to democratize financial advice mm-hmm. which large investors large family offices get which mm-hmm. are uh, you know people who have more than 100 million dollars of assets and more mm-hmm. bringing that advice to an investor or a retail investor mm-hmm. and that can only be done through technology and which is what is our goal with goldtailor mm-hmm. and hopefully we are in that process and god uh, willing we'll be able to you know do that absolutely i'm pretty sure about it you'll be able to get that what are some of the biggest challenges you faced as a founder and how did you overcome it one uh, you know unsolicited advice which i like to give people is if someone is starting on their own please keep at least 12 to 18 months of lifestyle expenses with you in a liquid fund or something which is easily accessible yeah because a lot of startup failures i have seen because of the fact that they have got very 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 short runways mm-hmm. and you cannot predict market cycles yeah and which is why having a reasonable runway is very important to reduce emotional uh, challenges emotional you know mindset uh, difficulties that you might have that you know where will my next bread and yeah. butter come from yeah so that's one part for the second part of it is of course uh, getting people despite all the advancements and the positivity around startups getting people continues to be a big yeah. uh, challenge especially because now there are large startups also which offer both equity and a lot of money unlike a few years back yeah. so competing with these guys to get good quality people retain yeah. them is extremely extremely difficult yeah. and stitching together a team i think these three things in my mind is one of the biggest challenge yeah. for a startup yeah. you know followed by other stuff like yeah. uh, you have other stuff but those take care of itself yeah. if you got a you know decent and good team yeah so what would be your advice to new talents looking to get into private equity or wealth management space on the wealth management side i mean people should take it as a 5 10 year view rather than take it as a 1 2 year money making exercise it's a business where you can you know create amazing networks mm-hmm. amazing relationships which last beyond your lifetime also if you impart the proper advice you know proper service etc mm-hmm. you know i ha- i've had clients who have been with me for the last two decades right now and it's more like family right now and wow. there is immense amount of mutual mm-hmm. trust which is there mm-hmm. uh, so wealth management is a great uh, you know avenue for people to come and get into as an industry but people need to be patient right. it is not something which can be built in a day sure. on the other side on the private equity side i think again there are i think there are a host of opportunities and i think the opportunities will continue to increase because over the next few years because of this entire digitization regulation you will have a lot of more private equity funds mm-hmm. mushroom up mm-hmm. and which will continue to keep the industry very sure. you know buoyant in terms of employment mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great advice for the new talents in fact one thing which i have noticed among the new talents and irrespective of the sectors 5 years back or 7 years back most of the people who were coming out of the college they were trying to find a job outside india but now what i see is most of the people are happy being in india there's a lot of optimism to be in this market and they believe that 
that there is more growth potential to be in India as compared to going outside India, and which I feel is great for Indian scenario because one of the things which India has suffered for a long period of time is brain drain. In fact, a lot of new areas have also opened up for the people. So you gave an example of fintech, right? From wealth management to fintech. I mean, in every industry, if you see, there are a lot of new type of company which has opened up. There are a lot of new opportunities, new kind of roles have opened up. For example, this data analyst role, which I don't think even existed five years back. Now it's like a big thing into this market. Vivek, that's all questions which I had for you. I think it has been great learning in terms of whatever you have shared, like the founders having that long-term perspective, having the runway for meeting their lifestyle experiences yeah. before they can think about starting a startup and having the courage and execution. I, I think these are very critical points and at some point in time, people do miss out on that. I would like to emphasize on the word courage. It takes a lot of courage to leave a well-established corporate job and to get into our startup. Now, you might have money to manage your own lifestyle, but given the uncertainty what you have, that how long your startup is going to take to come up, that requires a lot of courage to manage that uncertainty, right? Keep your calm, keep your composure, and then manage that team. And even the managing the team in the startup is not so easy, as you mentioned, right? Because you're not paying as much as any other company can pay. Though I firmly believe now that pay disparity has really come down. Even between like proper corporate job and the startups is gradually coming down. Now, of course, the smaller startups which are just starting on, they, they can't pay so much. I get that point. But over a period of time, like if you stick with that kind of a startup for three to five years and that startup happens to do well, you will more than make up that money because of ASOPs and other space, right? So with the way I look at it is a person who is trying to get into startup world, they should have that time horizon of five years, invest that five years of time. And in that five years of time frame, I think money part will be taken care of. Somehow it, it is going to get balanced as compared to seeing that, okay, in the first year, you're making less money. And, no, and even if the startup doesn't succeed, what I've seen is employees get a big jump when exactly. they move to a larger corporate exactly. because yeah. uh, larger corporates have started valuing that startup employees much, much more. Yeah. In fact, I was reading this report a couple of weeks back where I think Shadi.com mentioned that now brides who are searching for grooms, they are mentioning startup as a positive about <laughs> marrying. Yes, earlier it was not the case. People did not I want to marry people who were yeah. in a startup because of uncertainty. I think that's exactly. a big paradigm change in yeah. mentalities. That has happened. Moving on, Vivek, now what we are going to do is we are going to have a bit of fun. I'm going to throw some questions to you, maybe one word question or three word question. You just have to mention one word against that, whatever comes to your mind. Don't think too much. It's just a, a free flow thing. There's no right or wrong. Make it as funny as possible. So let's start. India. Very positive. Startups in India. Should work on innovation more. Okay, so innovation. Pain point of founders. People. ESG in India. Encouraging. China. Vulture. <laughs> all right, Vivek. I think that's all what I had for the rapid fire round. I mean, it has been a great conversation, a lot of learnings for me personally, and I'm sure the audience will get a lot out of this. So thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a nice freewheeling discussion. Absolutely. And I really enjoyed the discussion. So thank you for your time. And hopefully audience will love it. Yes, thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you.